0: Welcome to American Patriot News, where we, the people, fight for the Constitution over corruption, freedom over fascism, and power over politics. And, Ed, like I said the other night, we need some power over what's going on in this country right now, and it's up to the people. Uh, Yeah, I want to start right off with a video that shows something that uh, Sheriff Grady Judd said today that, you know, some people... Probably take the wrong way, but I'm, I'm going to try to put this in light where people can understand where he's coming from. So we'll play him first and then I'll scroll back up the page to the other part. Uh, well, he, he came out with his hands up, and that's why there was no further gunfire. It would have been nice if he'd come out with a gun, and then we'd have uh, been able to read a newspaper through him and we'd have had a different conversation here this morning. Uh, well, he, he, yeah, he came out people- with his hands up, and that's why there Some people might think this is a smart aleck sheriff, but I tell you what, I've been following Sheriff Grady Judd, and he's for the people. And uh, I've got some friends that live not far from him, and uh, I stand by what he says here. Once you hear this, maybe you'll understand where he was coming from. Wait a minute, let me get the sound going. For their lives, and I killed them anyway. Exactly what he was doing. He was a rabid animal. They begged for their lives, and I killed them anyway.
1: Sheriff Brady Judd quoting a murder suspect there. Judd says, Ryan Riley, a former Marine, showed no mercy, killing a Polk County family. One of the dead, a baby, shot in its mother's arms. Evil in the flesh. That's how Polk County Sheriff Trady Judd described Brian Riley. The sheriff says Riley is responsible for killing four people this morning. You're watching 10 Tampa Bay this weekend. I'm Miranda Parnell. This all happened in Lakeland just before 430 AM when a Polk County Sheriff's Lieutenant <coughs> heard automatic gunfire rip through the early morning silence from a neighborhood just two miles away. Deputies say Riley also shot an 11 year old girl and to Riley, these people were total strangers. Riley has now been captured and arrested. According to Sheriff Judd, 33-year-old Riley was a Marine for four years before he was honorably discharged. He spent three years in the reserves and did tours in Iraq and Afghanistan as a sharpshooter. Investigators say Riley was a, quote, survivalist who was wearing body armor at the scene. They say his truck had first aid kits inside, and Riley has admitted to taking meth.
0: Yeah. does that put that in a little more perspective for you? Yeah. You've got somebody here, <clears throat> goes in and breaks into somebody's home at 4 in the morning. Shoots and kills three people, including an infant in his mother's arm. Shoots 11-year-old. She's clean alive. She's in Tampa Hospital. They don't know if she's going to make it or not. It's a damn shame there wasn't an AR-15 in that house waiting on him. Yep. Or maybe a riot guy. Sheriff Grady Polk has seen a lot of homes that have been invaded in Lakeland and in his county. And Sheriff Grady Polk was the first one to stand up. When a homeowner shot an invader that first tried to hijack a car, first tried to hijack a bus, and then kicked the door in on somebody, and when he did, he got blown back out of it. I salute Sheriff Grady Jodd. I wish we had more sheriffs with his backbone. I bet you wish you had one like that, don't you? Oh, I do. I wish I did out here. You know, I can remember a sheriff in this county stood up and he said, when I get a call, it might take 45 minutes to get to you. He said, if they come through your door, kill them. We have Castle Doctrine here. We don't have to retreat. We don't have to run. It's our home. And uh, I praise Sheriff's like Sheriff Grady Judge. So I just want to show that because I'm sure there's a lot of people that try to make a whole lot out of, oh, if he'd come out, we'd make him look like, you know, we could look through him like newspaper. Well, hell, they've been able to look through him like a piece of thin gauze. He'd already shot at deputies going into the house. And when they took the 11 year old girl out and all her pain clinging to life, she looked at him and said, there's three dead people in my house. That was her mother, father, I believe and little sister. If anybody blames Sheriff Brady Judd for that comment, you need to see a psychiatrist. This guy was a vet, yeah, but not every vet loses it. There are some, and we're gonna to touch on that tonight because a lot of vets are having a bad deal with uh, time dealing with this Afghanistan thing. I've talked to Vietnam vets that are having a bad time dealing with this. I'm talking about people in their 70s. Okay, but this was not the case. This was a guy high on meth, hell-bent on killing people, Ed. They get that shit in them and they have got no sense. You never know which way they're going to go. Speak for me a minute, Ed. (laughs) Well, I mean, I... I, Let me catch my breath. Well, when we, uh, talking about, uh, you know, veterans with mental health issues and stuff like that, I got a little firsthand experience with that myself. My, uh, my brother, uh, wasn't the same when he came back, he's older than me or he was older than me, uh, nine years ago he committed suicide with an army service pistol at the dinner table on Thanksgiving day. Granted, nobody was home at the time, but his wife had walked in and found him. So I mean, I've seen it. I've seen some that haven't committed suicide I, uh, I've seen you know you you could spot it. Some of it's not you know easily seen, but you can see patterns and stuff with people, how they react. Well, sometimes some of them will get on the medication they're on, take too much of it, take it the wrong way. And that screws them up. Others, they don't give medication. And then, you know, they have their problems. But usually there's a sign. And, you know, there are people around to help you. Unfortunately, we cannot depend on the VA. That is the bad part. But there's suicide prevention lines. I wish we'd had some ready for tonight. Maybe even bring some up while we're talking. Uh, For vets, uh, there's lines, you know, if you're feeling like doing something wrong. But when you go out and you take an illicit drug, You're not having a PTSD thing. You're having a drug addict thing. And I have no compassion for this man. I hope this man gets hung. I hope he doesn't get the electric chair. Thank God that Donald Trump brought back the noose. I think he should be hung by the neck until dead. I don't think it should be done in a private execution chamber. I think we need to take these people like this out at the town square and hang them in front of the courthouse like we did in the old days and and make a big public announcement. It's going to happen. So hundreds, if not thousands of people can show up and do like they did in the old days, sell popcorn, sandwiches, hot dogs, pop, whatever, and make a big event out of it. And let these criminals see what happens when you drop from those gallows, your neck snaps, your body convulses, and your bowels and your urine run down your legs. And it'll stop this crap, Ed. True will. Well, we've got that video. we got another video for, for this folks. Hold on with us a minute. Got to find out where it's at. <laughs> Don't you love these ones we try to hold? Uh, It's the same one as before let me bring that up because i thought we had that one closed off already all right this one we're going to show next we'll go ahead and show it in i want you to watch this now this is an example of how some of the vets are feeling right now i want you to see this it was on tiktok they call me toby by two Toby, too.
2: It's over. Nothing is over! Nothing! You just don't turn it off. It wasn't my war. You asked me, I didn't
3: ask
0: you. And I did what I had to do to win. But somebody wouldn't let us win. And I come back to the world, and I see all those mags at the airport protesting me,
4: spitting, calling me baby killer and all kinds of wild crap. Who let they protest me, huh? Unless they've been me and been there and know what the hell they're telling
0: about? It's all in the past now. For you! For me, civilian life is nothing. In the field, we had a coat of iron. You watch my back, I watch yours. Back here, there's nothing. Back
2: there, I can fly gunship. I can try to tank. I was in charge of million-dollar equipment. Back here, I can't even hold the job. Fucking God! Ah!
0: Now that is an example of how some of our vets are really feeling right now. Ed, you've talked to a lot of them too, haven't you? What's that? You've talked to a lot of vets, haven't you?
4: So oh yeah, I
0: talked to at least three or four every day. And how are they feeling? All of them feel the same way, except for the one I ran into last week. And that guy was pro-Biden, pro, I mean, he didn't, he blamed all of this and everything that's going on on Trump. He blamed it as Trump's war, even though I told him, I said, he (laughs) served when Obama and Bush were in for eight years each. How is this Trump's problem?" And he just wanted to argue and change the subject to a different thing. That was Trump's problem. But he was the only one I ran into that out of the dozens that is feeling the same way the rest of the world does. Well, you know, have you ever seen Joey Collins? He's he's a guest on Fox news a lot. He's a commentator for him. He's a, Afghanistan bet. He lost both legs there. He lost his youth there. He went in at a young age, he served, and he come back physically broken for the rest of his life. And he feels very betrayed. By the Biden administration and what they have done in Afghanistan. And then you take the other guys that's come back burnt, arms missing, legs missing, disfigured. They have to face the public who looks at them and mocks them and makes fun of the way they look when they're the only reason those people have been away from terrorism attacks in this county. I mean, in this country. It's all one. Mass terrorism attacks like the tires. And they want to blame Trump. Well, let's go. Let's go there. Go back. Anybody wants to go back and Google and search on YouTube and everywhere else and look for Joe Biden's comments on Afghanistan. When he was a senator. Go back and look how he backed this war. Now, it was the right thing to do. Go back and look at at Obama, who said, when the winds change, I will stand with the Muslims. That's who the Taliban is. They're Muslims, right, Ed? Right. It was Biden and Obama who sent plane loads, plane loads of cash over to the, the world's largest state sponsor of terrorism, Iran, and got nothing out of it. It was George W. Bush who started the war. And under Donald Trump's administration, less people died in any four year span of that war. And since February of 2020, nobody died until Joe Biden got 13 killed last month. And you wanna tell me whose fault it was? Look at the people that started, people that backed it, the people who stood with the Muslim terrorists, the people who paid the state sponsors of terrorism and the SOB, being nice Ed, I got it stopped. The SOB that's in residence in the White House right now, Triple O Joe. Look at him. He left them with machinery to kill our soldiers with. He left them with helicopters, tanks, Humvees, POVs. He left them with what? 160,000 machine guns and weapons of destruction, right? Hand rifles and stuff. He left them with predator drones. He left them with with all these different things. These mine resistant vehicles. He left them with our uniforms. So if we go into battle against them, we can't tell them for months. And then he turned around and gave them night vision. that was the only thing that we had up on them because they would not go out in the night. They would not fight in the night because they could not see our forces. Our forces had the night vision, which enabled them to come in on them at night and take them out. And then he left over half a billion dollars in cash there for them too, Ed. Yep. What else did he leave? I mean, you know the list. I mean, God, it goes on and on and on. Oh, well, he remember he turned over that list of uh, American you know biometrics, he turned over all the biometric stuff on them, not to mention the list of people that worked for us and who were still there and where they were. How do you think our soldiers feel that went over there and served for the last 20 years, liberated Afghanistan? Gave women their rights. They had women judges, women police officers who have prices on their head right now from the Taliban. And then Biden deserts them along with our own citizens. You never leave somebody behind. Never. And you never pay a ransom. You never give recognition to terrorists. And you damn sure Never send them aid, which he's getting ready to do. And all while it's been said, and we heard it reported yesterday, and we reported on this, that the Taliban was not letting the people let off the field, right? Yeah, the Taliban said, go ahead and uh, take off, leave, get out of here. But well, we found something else out, didn't we? Yep, sure did. There you go. This is Representative Mullins. Go ahead right. and blow it up.
2: An account of how difficult it is to get in and out of Afghanistan, my colleague Brett Baer talked with Republican Congressman Mark Wayne Mullen earlier today. Mullen is back from his trip to the region, which he says he paid for himself and with the help of private contributions. Mike, thank you. Joining us now, Republican Congressman Mark Wayne Mullin. From Oklahoma. I just had an interesting trip overseas. Got a lot of attention. Thanks for being here.
5: Thank you for having me. Let's start at the beginning. Right. How does this start? Well, I want to make it very clear. I wasn't looking to try to get into Afghanistan. That wasn't what this thing started out to be. Uh, What what started was people started calling me wanting help. And um, we'd been getting uh, friends of mine that was in the service that said, can you help our interpreter get out, Uh, which we had a lot of conversations about that. Then we started getting phone calls from people that had family members or friends that were AMSETs or Americans, American citizens, AMSETs for short, to get uh, to get them out. And I said, let me make a phone call. And it came out that they needed a State Department or a government um, entity to sponsor their flight going in. That's the only way they could get in. And no one would sponsor their flight, even though it was des- designated to get these 20 Americans out. Um, and so they called me back and said, would you be interested in sponsoring the flight? And I said, I mean, what do you mean financially? And they said, no, a, congress- a congressman can sponsor a flight going in. And it gives one of these other departments because it's kind of no one wants to touch it because I, I personally read it was because they knew this was a hot mess. And so that's, we, that's how this thing, whole, whole thing started. So you
2: don't actually get into Afghanistan to get people
5: out? As this thing moved forward. Is they wanted uh, everybody kept denying an them, and then they asked, "Would you go with us?" Uh, and these are tier one officers. These are Delta guys, um, special forces. Th- these guys are are legit. I'm I'm nobody. I'm I'm just a congressman. Are you a congressman from Oklahoma.
2: You're a businessman. Sure, mixed martial arts background, but no but, military. Yeah, right? but that doesn't
5: no that, that doesn't play well in this. I wasn't trying to go over there and be a cowboy or anything like that. It was just what else you do when you see a problem how do you say no if you can be an asset and they ble- they believed i could be an asset uh we got a human- humanitarian um a flight plan from uh, faa and everything was good to go we left um we left the united states we had a time of arrival at Hakaya in the kabul Hakaya is the uh, airport there in kabul and we got there and we we're on approach and they canceled our ppr and uh and so we circled the airport probably for an hour, and we had five PPRs canceled. Every time they'd canceled, the agency that, would, that was gonna get us in would give us a new one. They actually went into the tower to say let them land. We were on the phone with them texting, we couldn't talk, we were texting back and forth and they kept issuing us new ones and uh, they would never let us in Afghanistan. And I'll tell you this too, unfortunately, one of our American citizens, her two-year-old son, and I believe it was her father, to which I all have passports on. We lost contact of because they were at the Abbey Gate. And a few hours later the Abbey Gate blew up. And we haven't had to, we haven't had any contact with them since. And I believe it's because they were caught up in that. Um, and and so what they did by playing politics on this for whatever reason. So you don't know who shut you down from landing. I don't know what what I don't know who shut us down, but I think it was 100 percent directed from the State Department. At some point you go on to Tajikistan. No, what
0: before we go any farther, Ed? I want to bring something up. Uh, this woman, I believe, is the one I heard making a passionate plea to Joe Biden to get them out of there. She said she feared for her son and for her father, and it fell on deaf ears. I just want to point that out.
5: No, I never went to Tajikistan. didn't go in. No, that is absolutely. Absolutely false. Um, we we did work around the region, but Tajikistan was um, unfortunately the ambassador. Our machine was not helpful at all, uh, and uh, a lot of misinformation was was going out about that.
2: And for the storyline that said uh, that you possibly interrupted some covert
5: thing that was going on or some operation to Tajikistan. Absolutely. No, I don't. I, I don't have a clue what they're talking about. Um, this is what the ambassador Permutchine told me. He says it's very sensitive right now. Mark, it's very sensitive because Putin and Chinese and the Chinese Chinese government's coming to be here September fifth. It's very sensitive. I said I get it's very sensitive. I don't need any of your assets. I don't need anything. I, I first of all is making you aware that we're coming in, but I also and, and I also made the point. I said, but we are coming in with a large sum of cash. Why are you coming up with a large sum of cash? Sir, you you do know that we got to go through 16 checkpoints just to get from Kabul to Mez. Each one of those charge someone to come through. I I, I don't know what the requirements are. What are the requirements to bring in this cash? And he says, I can't assist you. I can't help you. Why? I was told not to. You were told not to help an American citizen. You were told by the federal government in Washington, D.C., not to help when we're not trying to smuggle anybody over, we're trying to do a job that President Biden wouldn't do. You know, a lot of people look at what you're trying to do
2: as admirable. Uh, You had House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy saying he really didn't want members doing this on their own because one, they could become hostages, two, they could become uh, problems that the military would have
5: to deal with. Sure. Do you think about that, whether that was worth it? I did. But how do you say no? I mean, how, how do you say no when you have the opportunity to do something? Believe me, my wife wasn't happy about me going. In. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, my kids wasn't happy about me going. In. And to be quite frank with you, all of us that was on that plane, we felt like we probably had a 50-50 chance of, yeah. of coming back.
2: Why should we not think that this was you know, bravado or sure. testosterone or an effort to get the spotlight? I understand that. Like, how do you respond to that?
5: Well, I, I'm not Rainbow. Yeah. I never pretended to be Rainbow. Um, we were surrounded by great people. Uh, of all the guys that I was working with, I'm the low man on the total pole, and I understood that. But they felt like I could be the assistance to them. How? Um, logistically, maybe, open the doors for them, making phone calls, um, and, uh, and, and being able to take in the SIBs or the AMSETs as they came onto the plane. Uh, and, and that was the plan. That plan changed. And, and it changed when we wasn't allowed to get into Afghanistan. We quickly realized that the 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 president and the State Department, General Milley, General McKenzie, were lying to the to the American people by saying everybody that wanted out could get out. That's that's a lie. That is a bold-faced, one hundred percent lie because we're working with these individuals. And you know today that there are just a bunch of them still stuck there. Right now, as we speak, right before we 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 started talking, I called the guys that are still over there, and they said there was five planes setting at uh, Mez, mez sharif with um, AMSETs, SIVs, and refugees on it. And we American citizens, uh, special, special visas. Special and refugees. Sure. Just, and they may be P1, P2s, which are levels of refugees to, right. that we can get out. Um, but they can't get clearance to get out because no country is willing to help. And we called the State Department about this. The State Department said, we're not in control of the airspace. We're not handling it at that. Well, it's our mess. I don't care which way you think about it, it's our mess. The United States created this vacuum to allow the Taliban to come in. The the President Biden in his horrific withdrawal has caused this to happen.
2: Do you have any regrets about what you did?
5: Absolutely not. I do it again tomorrow. I we we were saving people's lives. Well, what if 535 members decide to, you know, get on a plane and go? Everybody's helping right now. They're, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat everybody's helping. I, I've heard from a lot of different members that are trying to do their, their thing. Everybody has a different way of helping. Do you know why all those other governments were going out and picking up their individuals and bringing them back in? Because there was three Taliban checkpoints before you could get to Hakaya, And all three of them would could charge you a tax. And the tax was anywhere between $500 to $4,000. This one young lady and her four kids, to which I have recordings of, we were recording as we, we were walking through because I was on the front of the State Department for 12 hours trying to get someone from the State Department to come out of the gate to get her for 12 hours, 12 hours, I have it recorded. Couldn't get anybody to come out. She had to come through that cost her $2,000. They kept the State Department kept saying, hey, go up and talk to them. Tell them they're waiting on us. Tell give them, give me your name. They know you're coming. Five times she approaches this guard with the Taliban, the last time they stuck a pistol to her head with her kids there. I have it reported with her kids screaming and crying. She goes back and she, she's crying so hard that she begins to puke, the mother did, and the State Department sent her up there five times saying we've got clearance for her. And here, here we are in the United States government and we're negotiating with the Taliban to get American citizens out, and then the president of the United States is going to go to the mic and say that every American that wanted out got out? I have a list of 50 that won out that they haven't got out. I have a list of 50 that we've ran out of Kabul and put in safe houses around Afghanistan that I promise you, they wanted it out.
2: You think we're going to get these people out?
5: We're going to get some but there's gonna be some that's gonna die because of the failure from President Biden. I promise you that. At some point, they're gonna lose patience and aren't gonna keep letting us drive past these checkpoints and paying them off. Sorry, taxes, that's what they call it. tax. Um, and, And when I say that blood is on his hands, that means the President Biden's hands. I mean that with everything in my heart, it's his fault. I wouldn't have been over there. I wouldn't even thought about going if it wasn't for his failure. I wouldn't, have put, I wouldn't have put my life in danger. I wouldn't have put my kids and my wife through that. I wouldn't have put anybody through it. And you'd do it again.
2: Without even hesitation. Well, Congressman, we appreciate your time. I know you just traveled back, and the um, story's compelling. Thank you, sir.
3: Veterans are feeling let down with President Biden's chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan. I recently spoke with retired service members who served there, and they, they had a lot to say.
2: There's four grown men sitting here. We only got five legs. So <laughs> that's, that's extra skin
5: in a game. You know what I mean? My heart and my mind has been totally consumed with the families um, of the victims of, of the blast. To know those
3: families are hurting in the way that I know they are, it just, man, it, it hurts. How did it feel to have a Marine general be the one to address the nation and
0: talk about the Taliban that we did the day we left?
4: It's disgusting. It's impossible
5: to have a positive emotion about this whole experience.
3: (laughs) You can catch my entire interview this weekend on the big Saturday and the big Sunday show at 5 p.m. Eastern. All right, Dagan, uh, do veterans from Afghanistan, do they have a right to feel betrayed by this president?
1: They have a right to feel betrayed or any way they might feel (laughs) by what they have had to just witness uh, in the last few weeks. And and I think the American people feel for them, that I, we're united in trying to support them. I, everybody I know immediately texting phone calls to people they knew who had served and just made, made it a point. And I feel like folks realize that they need to do that with everybody who has served this country. But I think we are stronger as a nation because we've been able to come together in this moment of just grief and rage, quite frankly.
3: Those three veterans I sat down with, they, they all served in different ways, two different services, three different jobs. The one there that got choked up, that's Amos Benjamin. His brother, Adam Benjamin, served with me. He's a Gold Star brother and a Purple Heart recipient. I mean, this war's taking its toll on him. There have been 2,000, I mean, I think 2,300 deaths in this war. We had 13 of them last week, along with almost 200 Afghans. Shannon, do you think that maybe we hadn't even had a chance to process how catastrophic that single event was? I mean, that's why Amos is choked up. Those 13 lives, and not just reflecting on the war, but that single event, and I feel like the, the politics of it, we haven't even appreciated how catastrophic that day was.
6: And I, it's been good to see a lot of people speak out publicly and say, if you know a veteran, reach out to them, check on them, see how they're feeling. Because a lot of people feel like that single event, the third, I mean, it was the 20 years was so brutal and so much was lost. But that event felt very preventable to a lot of people. Like it yes. did not have to happen. So we could not owe you and all of our veterans a bigger debt. And to be checking in to see how you're feeling, it will take time, I'm sure, to process all of this. But what's been amazing to me is that so many of the people who are there fighting and that I'm hearing back channeling from, I'm sure you are, I'm sure everybody at this table is, they're veterans. They're people who are risking their own lives and everything they have, every connection they have, their own money to go back and try to get people out. They're being arrested and stopped by the Taliban. They're truly continuing to risk. That's why our veterans, I think are the true heroes among us and we don't <laughs> agree on that. Well,
3: they're, they're my heroes. that's why I wanted to serve among them. Sean, you're in Congress. We're invented this war. We're talking about administrations. What can Congress do to make sure we don't get in this again? Or could they have
4: done anything? Well, listen, I I think it's important to take a look. We have we have troops all over the world. Um, We send people on missions all the time. But I think with Afghanistan, a lot of members of Congress and the country lost focus on um, the fight and the war and and the purpose of the war. And I think it's important that if you're going to send men and women into harm's way, you never forget their missions. Um, and you continually analyze and review to go. You know, wh- what are we? What are we here to accomplish? What is the cost and life and treasure? And and make decisions from there. And I think uh, this is a message to the Congress to to always stay tuned with the money that you send and the men that you send um, into these conflicts. And for me, I mean, four guys and and uh, five legs. I mean, <laughs> that is horrific. I've I've got a buddy in Hayward, Wisconsin, lumberjack world champion, logwin world champion. Jared Salzman was hit by a roadside bomb as well, lost. A uh, half of his arm came back after and won the log one world title. I mean, <laughs> guys, these you guys are great and amazing. And but the but the consequence of the war has been uh, cataclysmic. And, and the way yeah. we've left, um, I think, make a lot of veterans really angry because it, the, the, the question becomes for what? What, what was the end? And, and that's and Jessica, when President Biden
3: says it there, and he invokes our mental health as justification for his decisions, not to withdraw, but his entire last two weeks i mean isn't that a little bit tone deaf doesn't he understand what seeing 13 veterans killed and feeling helpless to go help i mean isn't that plus bothering our mental health does he not see the connection there
6: i cannot suppose to understand in any great depth the experience that you've had those men who you we were talking to or the people who continue to serve for us and we're also thankful for that i think everyone needs to, you know, we do this thing where you quarterback everything, like on Twitter, on social media, right? And there are always those jokes the morning after something terrible happens, like, oh, I didn't realize we all woke up foreign policy experts, or we all woke up, you know, veterans. And there's really one group that stands out from the rest of the we woke up as groups, and it's veterans. And you've noticed it in the coverage, that every time, no matter what the opinion is of the person who's doing the interview, if they hear from a veteran, what they're feeling, and it's running counter to what the host thinks, what the administration thinks, you just shut up because it's an experience that none of us can even touch and that will be with you for the rest of your life. And that's why I think it's so important that we have people who served, continue to serve and they serve in Washington, they serve in these incredible organizations, private organizations that have gotten people out that would not have gotten out in the first place. Um, And just a tremendous amount of respect and thanks um, to you and those men you interviewed
1: and everyone else who serves. You're just going to see, and you already are a lot of veterans running for public office. Yeah. No,
3: absolutely. And I think we that's the unfolding. We but even the more that got people out of Afghanistan that mobilizing. I've got a buddy over there still right now, I've heard from him in four days. And I, I think he's all right, but he's probably doing God's work.
6: Can you tell us more about what we'll hear this weekend? So, show?
3: yeah, these three veterans, one of them is the nephew of George W. Bush and the grandson of George H. W. Bush, and he's the most normal. Bush, I've ever met. And I've only met <laughs> one other that was president. And his name is Walker Bush. Is normal? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm saying I met him and he goes, how'd you hit? Because <laughs> <You know, laughs> he was doing the drop-the-D campaign. Uh, but And then you have Amos Benjamin, that's a Gold Star brother. And then you have Chad Fleming, who's a real Jason Bourne-style character. And this guy was an amputee in war. And, uh, and just everything about Chad is leadership and push through it. And they come from different places. And you'll watch the interview, and they kind of have their head hung the whole time. It's a, it's a tough thing, mm-hmm. but they have some inspiring words about end. Look forward to it. On behalf of veterans, thank you all for your support. It means a lot. It really does.
1: I'm praying on it. Pray on it every day. Yeah, no Shannon Bream over there does too. I'm with you.
3: <laughs> you can catch my entire interview this weekend on the big Saturday and the big Sunday show at five p.m. Eastern.
0: Ed, i left this up for a reminder. Do you want to tell the story about the four people they found at one of our U.S. bases that were evacuated from uh, the uh, Afghanistan? Yeah, so there was uh, what the media didn't tell everybody was at Bagram Air Base, there was 1,100 Taliban POWs that we had housed there in a uh, <coughs> that were confined. Well, they were released. Four of them were spotted this week alone on a military base in Texas on refugee flights. And it's estimated that 600 to 700 of them got on the flights and left Kabul. I don't have any more on that. I just got to wait for my buddies to let me know. Well, we tried to find the video and evidently it's been pulled. Uh, You did see it though. Uh, I wanted to bring that up. Uh, There's something else I want to show you that I found that you didn't know about evidently because we hadn't discussed it, but I found it was you was away from the computer a while ago when we were setting up the show. So I want to show this to you. Developing story, this was from September 1st. Jenna Curran with Law Enforcement Today. Biden brings convicted Afghan rapist who was deported by Trump administration back to the US. Washington DC, according to the Washington Times, Stephen Denon, 47-year-old Afghan national Gahadur Heydari, who is a convicted Afghan rapist and deported by former President Trump's administration, was reportedly flown to Dulles International Airport as part of Biden's African, uh, Afghanistan resettlement operation. I like what Don Jr. says here. It says, looks like they're really betting the hell out of these people. I'm sure they love living in your towns, paid for it by your tax dollars. Great job, Democrats. Convicted rapist reached the U.S. on African evacuation flight. Washington Times. Do you know about that one, Ed? Nope. What do you think about that? It just backs up everybody else's stories. So now we, now we have it. Now we have it in writing and from the media. We have four terrorists and a rapist we know has been brought over here by Biden. We know that he's got the border open in the South. He's letting all these illegals come in with this drug uh, cartel, human traffickers, women being raped on the way, children being raped on the way, people being raped, children being raped right in the detention centers he's built. Where is is, uh, AOC, crying at the detention center this time. It doesn't fit her agenda. It doesn't fit the socialist, Marxist agenda of the Democrats. Now, people, I don't know. I don't know what it takes to wake you up. 40 people go to Nancy Pelosi's house last month and raised hell for her to get her tail back to Washington to get their uh, eviction where they couldn't be evicted. Because you're too damn lazy to go back to work where there's jobs. Where are the people at Pelosi's house tonight saying, get our people home? Get our people home. And I got another horror story for you, Ed. You know, Biden was supposed to get the female judges out, remember? Yeah. Supposed to get the female officers out because they had been really doing a crack-up job yeah. at putting these Taliban people in jail, hadn't they? Well, they didn't. You know what happened today? They drug one of them female officers out of her home and executed her in front of her children. Where are her children tonight? Were they executed? Were they taken off for human trafficking or to become child brides? Who gives a damn enough to go to Nancy Pelosi's and say, put a stop to this? Quit thinking about yourself and not having to pay rent. The man that owns a house or the woman that owns a house you're in, they have an investment in it. This is not a free ride society. That's the problem. That's what Marxism promises. It's what socialism promises. And then when you get it, you get nothing. You'll live where they tell you. You'll do what they tell you. You'll work where they tell you for pennies on the iron. If you don't, you will be set off and executed just like in all these other Muslim countries. just like in it just like in uh, Hitler's Germany. come on Ed, help me out here uh, That police officer they killed. I was just looking up some story on that one. uh-huh she was eight months pregnant eight months pregnant. So they killed two. They kill two. Now, I understand to the Democrats, that don't mean nothing. Because they'll take a baby that's been delivered full term, lay it on a table and let it die. And then they'll take Planned Parenthood will cut its organs out before it dies, if they get a chance. And they'll send it off to Anthony Fauci, who'll sell it to University of Pittsburgh. Yeah, that and this the source on that is the BBC. They did a whole article on it. Democrats, what's the matter with you sick people? <clears throat> now I try not to get too much on one side or the other, but I mean this point, I, I I'm done. I'm done, Ed. A spade's a spade. And if you Republicans keep setting on your tail, and you independents keep setting on your tail and you don't stand up, and you don't start using your voice, and you don't start using your constitutional power, the good Lord, seeing that we had, and our forefathers, seen was honored. If you don't do that, you deserve anything that happens to you and your family. It's time to get up. It's time to rise up. I'm not talking about going up and and storming the Capitol, I'm not talking about none of that, but you let your voices heard. And if you have to <clears> kick your people out of office, there's ways to do it. There's not one, impe- one office in this land that somebody's elected to, they cannot be impeached by the people. Stop filing Stop your office. taxes. Stop filing your damn taxes. You're being your... up. Yeah, that's right. It's taxation without representation. We're not being represented by our own government. Get on your legislatures. And I'm working on something right now. If I can find out how it's done, your sheriff in your county, if he's got any kahunas and if he's constitutional, can hold back federal money that's collected through his office until they start doing the right thing. It's legal. I'm working on finding out exactly how that works. I've got somebody helping me with that as we speak. Yeah, you might get in trouble. You might get a cross on your back. Okay? You know what? Our forefathers, Ben Franklin said we might all hang, but at least we'll hang together. You think about that. Do you want to hang by yourself or do you want to hang together? Because I'm telling you, the hangman's coming after you one way or the other. They want to limit the population to this world according to UN Agenda 2030. You can look it up yourself. If you're not too darn lazy, you can go on the on the internet, look up the UN homepage, look up UN Agenda 2030, and read the darn thing. You'll find out what we're telling you is true, won't you? That's right. They want to cut the whole world down to 500 million people. We got 340, 350 million right here. And they, are, they already broke that myth. You don't need to cut down anything in the world for the world to survive. And I promise you, the global elite in all the countries are in that 500 million. So how many do you think there's going to be left of us? This is the U.N. This is China. This is Joe Biden doing this to our country and to yep. the world. New Guinea. No, it wasn't New Guinea. It was Guinea, wasn't it? South Africa. uh, Guinea. 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 They had their military rose up and ousted their president. Now, I'm not sure it's going to get any better. It never does. Because, you know, it seems like these countries like them, they just trade regime for regime but we've got something to stand on. If our military had any brass, if the Secret Service had any brass, if the FBI, DHS, Homeland Security, CIA, any of them had any brass to them, they would arrest Joe Biden for several counts of treason. He might be a sitting president, but there comes a time when the constitution prevails. And this is treason. This is treason. Do you think if Donald Trump done this, they wouldn't be trying to get him out of office right now? Nancy Pelosi would not even allow the Gold Star families the dignity of having their fallen son's name read into the record of Congress. Something that has been done historically throughout time, Ed. Have you ever heard of a speaker of a house stopping the reading of names of our fallen? Nope, she's a communist. This is how far communism and Marxism has advanced in our society. You have a constitution to protect you. Learn that constitution use that constitution, affect change locally, state level, and that will force federal change. But if you sit there and you do nothing, you do nothing, nothing will happen. Someone once said the only thing for evil to prevail is for good people to do nothing. Actually, good men, but I'm putting because women are just as responsible as men on this stop worrying about what you think you are stop worrying about what color you are stop worrying about proper or improper pronouns stop worrying about changing history be a part of it Yeah, I'm mad. Yeah, <clears throat> I drink. <agree. clears throat> People need to be taken to the streets. Patriots need to be taken to the streets just like how every other person did in protests. I'm not saying, you know, go out there and burn shit down and flip cop cars over. I'm saying take to the streets, bring your signs, make your voices heard, shut down government operations like they shut down on you. Go and you Go ahead. gotta you gotta get in their face, make them scared of you. You need them scared of you. Get you some bullhorns. I love my bullhorn. Okay, some air horns, some bullhorns. Well, I've got a, I've got one of those electronic bullhorns. Got it at Harbor Freight for twenty something dollars. Okay, it's loud. Get you a bullhorn. Get you a tape of American soldier. I ask you to go on YouTube and listen to Toby Keith's American soldier tonight. After you listen to what these veterans had to say and saw the emotion, especially on this famous guy's face, get ready to cry. I ask you to listen to American soldier. And if you're not moved, you're not human. Get you a bullhorn stand outside of these politicians houses late at night or the apartments they're living in in DC outside of the outside of the Capitol building while they're holding office aim your bullhorns at the windows of Congress and all of you get together and synchronize it and play these songs on your bullhorns play that play the angry American what happened Ed When 9-11 hit, oh, my God, the outpouring of patriotism. Did all the patriots die since 2001? Where are they now? When Joe Biden is trying to, has funded, outfitted for war to the strength of some nations, they've got as much equipment of ours as some nations have for the whole nation, for the Taliban, the people who help with Al Qaeda and ASIS, ISIS, to do all these terrorist attacks on our country. Where are the Patriots now? He gave them over a half a billion dollars worth of cash yet. You know what it is, is all of our all of us that were patriots back in. Back in September 11th days, we've all grown up and got old. Now it's our our grandkids and and, and, uh, our kids and grandkids that are now, and they've been molded by the government and by TV and by the socialist school systems to become this way. And who let them do it, though? We did. Too many of us did were, were responsible. I'm not saying you, okay. No. We're, too many of us are responsible for that. When I when I see what was going on when I went back to college at the age of 32 and, and uh 2002, when I went back to college and I actually now what no to. <laughs> 92. Uh, When I went back to college in 92, I seen this coming. And I talked to people in Louisville, my hometown. I said, my gosh, you don't know what's going on. This is what's going to happen. Oh, it ain't that bad. You're just, you're just misunderstanding. Well, did I misunderstand it? When I told them that the socialists and Marxists were trying to take over the country, did I misunderstand when I said that we were taking it, uh, individuals rights uh, over the rights of all the people. Did I understand what I said? They were trashing the constitution. They were destroying history. They were trying to force religion out of our society altogether. Did I misunderstand something, man. No, but it fell on deaf ears. And some of these people were older than me; that were supposed to be wiser than me in the field I was going into, and it fell on deaf ears. You know, I, I I don't know how I. I think what caused a lot of this crap with these children these days that are not that are anti-American or anti. When we back in back in the late nineties, early two thousands. We were, we're working, we, the government had us working longer hours, taking more money for us, from us, forcing us out of our houses, and forcing us to put our kids out to do that. And no matter what it seems like we voted, it just seemed it went the same way every single time. Well, In my opinion, and this is just mine, G.W. Bush was around him. Thought a lot of him when he was commander in chief because he done things like flying over on Christmas Eve and Thanksgiving, in the dark at night, blacking out Air Force One, landing in battle zones, visiting our troops, rallying our troops. You know, he went hard back after you know, nine one one was struck. It was the thing everybody wanted done. Uh, that that you know had a beating heart in them for this for the country. They wanted they wanted somebody to pay for this. They wanted those responsible to pay for it. Really thought he was a big good deal until we started finding out things about what happened at nine one one. Then we started finding out things about what those letters was passed around at his daddy's funeral. I'm going to let everybody dig into that. I know what happened. You know what happened. Mm-hmm. Dig into it for yourself. If you care about this country. I'm not going to take and spoon feed you everything. And neither is it. We'll tell you the stories. We'll bring you the news. We'll give you our opinion. That's for sure. Hey, that right in. Yep. And I'll tell you right now, As a friend of mine says, if you wake up, I'll be happier in a puppy dog wagon two tails." It's up to you people. It's up to America. It's up to me. It's up to you. It's up to it. But we can't do it one by one by one. We have to talk to our neighbors. We have to talk to our community. We have to start educating ourselves in how to do this and take this over. And I'm here for that, if you reach out to me. But you have to put forth an effort. That's the problem with our society now. Nobody wants to put an effort in. They only want to receive the benefits of somebody else's wake up people, it don't work like that in the real world. I know. Hard work, diligence, and educating yourself. You can't depend on the school system to educate you. You can't depend on your children's schools to educate them. You have to do it yourself, because many of us in the last, what would you say, Ed, 30 years, have really not received an education. We think we have. Oh, we think we're smart. A lot of us do. But can you tell me who dug the trenches at the Battle of New Orleans? Can you tell me who put up the bulwarks? and can you tell me why they did that? Do you know the name of the Navy ship that defeated the whole British Navy at the Battle of New Orleans? Yeah, that was the USS Constitution. You wasn't supposed to tell me that. Well, well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make it a point. I'm sorry. I I study history and history. Yeah, I do too. too. That's why I'm pulling these things out of my hat. Y'all have to sit there for And for some reason, I was sitting here and I thought this was a test and I was in a classroom. (laughs) Bow, 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 bow. I could teach you if you want to teach it, but I mean, you probably know as much as I do. There's some things you amaze me on that you know more about than I do. And I, I like that interaction between you because then I pick up and I learn. I hope that you learn things from me as well. Well, I actually just had something pop in my mind about this. My niece, her school's shorthanded on teachers, history teachers at that. Now, I don't have the college degree, but I could pass the uh, teacher's exam. As long as I get the exam certificate, I can go teach. Well, I got to so you know- I- I got another question, Paul. Yeah. Can they tell me who left Kentucky, went to the Virginia Colony, to see the governor, When Kentucky was part of Virginia. Did you know that? Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, a lot of people didn't. I'll get her to you. Who went there and said, We need powder and shot so we can go back and outfit a militia to fight the Indians that the British are paying for our scalps? I bet they can't tell me who that was. That's my ancestor. Or, well, mine too. <laughs> it was the same one I'm thinking of. Who went we've all heard of of, uh, Lewis and Clark, right? Which one's slave asked to go with them? And what was the name of their adventure? A lot of people can't tell you that. Nope, I know that one. Was George Washington the first president of the United States? Look it up. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> I'll no answer it for him again. What was his name, Ed? Do you know? Oh jeez I can't remember that guy's name. Look it up. why <laughs> what you get for answer the questions in? I knew to- I knew the answers. I can't remember that guy's name. Uh can you tell me the name of the of the uh colonel that went to the battle of New Orleans? Did they they, they think he would be successful? There's another question. Another question is, where is New Orleans? A lot of people don't know their geography. Right now it's underwater. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's over in the desert, right? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I mean, come on, people. If you don't know your history or if you've been told that Slavery was a white institution. Go back in our videos. We've got one on there about that. Now in school, when I was going to school, they said it was an American institution. Yeah, I know. But now, how was an American institution when the original sellers was part of a tribe In Africa. Ed, you know the name of that tribe, don't you? Oh, the Ashanti. Right. It's the same tribe that to honor the poor black slaves that the Democrats wore the colors of the tribe that sold them into slavery to take a knee in the Hall of Congress. See, that shows <laughs> the Democrat Party don't know their history. And they don't yet, care enough to research it to get it right. But yet they write the school doctrines for what they want the schools to teach. It's the right. dumbing kind of America. It's been going on for 30 years. And parents, let me ask you this. And if you didn't know this, contact me and I'll show you how to beat it. Do you know that it is unconstitutional or either the federal government to have a board of education or for your schools? You know, we got an education, director of education, up there, right? Secretary of Education, whatever they call her. Uh, it's an illegal job. The government doesn't have the power for that. It's illegal for the schools, unless it's in your constitution, and I haven't seen a constitution yet of a state. I haven't seen them all, though. Unless it's in your constitution, it's illegal for your schools to teach critical race theory. It's illegal for your schools to teach the 1619 Project. And it's illegal for your schools to demand your children wear masks, or be vaccinated. You can stop it, but you gotta know how. That's where I can help you. Yeah, Ed, I, I, I don't know. But I sit here and I watch these veterans and I think about buddies of mine and what they went through coming back from Vietnam, what they come back like from Iraq. Afghanistan and other places across this globe where they've been in conflict, where they've been in war. I hate it when they use the word conflict or police action. We're not the damn police of the United States, of the world. And we're not the builders of other nations. We're not to be the ones who enforce the borders of other nations like Joe Biden's doing and we're damn sure not the ones to sit by and let uh, oh you come into the office of president and open our borders up to crime, human trafficking and all the rest. Now there was a investigator who died the 29th of November, I believe it was, last year. He was helping a lady from Kentucky get her trafficked child back. If somebody... Is trying to help you get your child back that's been taken into human trafficking. Do you think he'd want to kill a man? Yeah. If they are trying to get your kid back for you? Oh, I thought you were talking about the people that were that they were getting stealing, you know, getting the kid back from. No, the person that was trying to get your kid back, would you want to shoot that person in the back? No. I'd be doing well, what I can to help them. This lady's accused of. Oh wow. the, story, the story that they're not getting out is Chris Chris was also a DOD contractor who investigated for the DOD on Amallians. And you'll never guess what case he was working on when this lady allegedly shot him in the back. You want to take a guess? No. He was investigating Joseph R. Biden for child trafficking. I'll be down. See, Chris did not just work for the DOD. He worked for people and he worked for patriots. So certain people I know he had done work far before. But it's funny that anybody that starts to speak against Clinton's diet, anybody speaks against Obama's diet. Now, are we starting another Deadpool in the Biden list? Think about that, Ed. I think there's another body already in that pool. Remember when Kelly Loeffler was running and her campaign aide supposedly had a wreck and Kemp was deciding whether or not to certify the vote and that guy just happened to be the future son-in-law of Governor Kemp. You remember that? No, I don't. Well, they said he rolled his car off the highway. If he did, where his car landed and where it burnt, it, just, it didn't look it didn't look like a gasoline fire. and I'll tell you why as a firefighter, I know, okay. Number one, the first thing I noticed on the tape, you can go back if they haven't pulled this video. As if he rode the car off the highway, should have went through the, the fence there, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There was no hole in the fence. If he went rolling his car over the highway, there would have been turf damage across that field, right? There was no turf damage. I've seen a lot of cars roll across fields. Cars, pickup trucks, you name it. And they always tear up the grass, Just chunks of grass throwed out where the car lands and flips and turns. It looked like this car had supposedly r- rolled over a hundred yards, that's 300 feet. It's a long way flip one. Coming down a straight interstate. But the thing that got me is Gasoline burns at, I think it's around 1,600 degrees, right? What's that? Gasoline burns somewhere around 1,600 degrees. It's not enough to melt the frame of a car, is it, or the engine block? No. To melt an engine block, you're going to need something hot like thermite. Exactly. This car appeared to be a thermite burn. If you've ever seen termite, you recognize it from a normal plane. And the second thing is, it melted the frame in the engine block. Gasoline does not do that. It doesn't melt the shell of the car if it's metal. Oh, it'll warp it, it'll bend it, but it doesn't melt. But surprisingly, Governor Kemp certified that election right after that, didn't he? Did you tell me there wasn't something involved there? I don't care what the State Board of Investigation said. I don't care about none of that because I'm not an idiot. I can look at a fire on a vehicle. I've seen cars burn. have one burn right out here on this road. They used to steal them and burn them on my road. So I put, moved in, and they decided they had to quit that because I didn't put up with it. Come down here one day to work. Went and bought the place. Couldn't get down the road so I got the tow truck there to haul, haul that car out of Meadow County Road. I've seen cars burn with people in them. I've seen cars burn with people out of them. I've seen cars set on fire. I've seen cars cars caught on fire. And I've never seen one that melted the frame of the engine block before. It takes a certain amount of heat. And it's well over the heat the gasoline burns. It takes the type of heat that comes out the end of a cutting torch. And that's not cool. well above what we're talking about. Wouldn't there. a depleted uranium round do the same thing? It could. Like a you know, single-shot bolt-action long-range sniper rifle? It possibly could, but would it put out that much to melt the frame out of the engine and the whole body was melting down? No, that car was packed with something. Yeah. Somebody caught his car sitting. They'd done something to it. But it didn't go through that fence, Ed. It didn't go through that fence. How did that car really get over it? Oh, yeah, they had a witness, conveniently enough. But if they'd done the job, they'd have walked that field. They would have looked for those indentations. I mean, I had a bird's-eye view of there was There was no torn up side a car that leaves the road at enough force to roll 300 feet and burst into flames is going to tear up some ground. Because you're not talking about one row, two row, three row, four row, five row, six row. You're talking about a whole lot of rows to get that far. It just didn't happen that way. I'm sorry. So I say there's two bodies on the Deadpool list and somebody else is probably facing execution now because of blaming it on them. Chris's death. Chris Hallett was his last name. I'm sorry, I said Heinz Waldo. It's Chris Hallett. You can look it up. But uh, the media has hid the fact of what else he was working on. I just happen to know. And I will not tell how I know but you can take that to the bank. Just stop and think about all the creepy videos we've seen in Joe. Is it that hard to believe? Remember the little girl, he reaches down and tries to find her nipple while she's standing there on TV? Or how about the Navy SEAL? The Secret Service had to stop him from kicking his ass when he was hands all over the guy's wife. How about all the other little girls? How about the sniffing? You know, he might learn a lot about cockroaches, but I watched him and learned a lot about perverted people. And I've learned a lot about crooked people. Well, Ed, I think we better stop. But uh, again, listen to "American Soldier" tonight before you go to bed. It's a good song. You think about those guys that spent twenty years over there. Well, you sleep peace at night. They were standing guard at the door. and get out, mobilize, and make these politicians' lives hell until they're ready to do the right thing. With that, thank you all for listening. Good night. May God bless you. May God bless your families and your homes. May God keep you safe. But most of all, may God bless America.